All right, a year ago we were in Trinidad and it was a Wednesday and Tom has something to say. It's Wednesday, my dudes. Hiya. <laughs> it's Wednesday, my dudes. Yeah, it's Wednesday. <laughs> my dudes. So that's our group up there in line. We just landed in Chicago and this is the line we're waiting. That's not moving. So. Welcome to Meets with Keats, a podcast where we describe how to survive and thrive in your middle school and high school years using God's Word and our experience leading hundreds of students at Denton Bible Church. To learn more about Denton Bible Student Ministries, visit us online at dbcstudents.org. So, sit back, relax, you are now live with Keats. Welcome to the Meets with Keats podcast. I am Keats, your host, and I am ecstatic for what we're about to bring you today. No matter how you found this podcast, we hope that it's a blessing to you as we recap a year in review of what the Lord has done, what the Lord did, what the Lord is doing because of the trip we took last March of 2020. 83 of us embarked on a journey we'll never forget. It's a journey that involves a lot of change plans, a lot of detours, a lot of trust, a lot of faith, a lot of times where it felt hopeless, a lot of times where we're tired, we can barely stand, we're just hungry and, and confused. But then through it all, God remains in control and supreme. And the phrase that I picked up there that I kind of label, I put a kind of a sticker on that week, is Nicho Problema, it's no problem. When God's in control, it's really no problem. And so one of my goals today is to recap the trip. This is for really anyone that wants to know more about behind the scenes of what happened during that trip. So I'm going to go into things that maybe we've never talked about, some of the details that maybe even students that were on the trip don't even know about. We're going to be pulling back the curtain, so to speak, and really getting to see some of those hidden details that are now coming to light a year later. A few of our goals today is to really just give God the glory. And what I mean by that is we always share these every night on mission trips in Trinidad or in Romania or Austria. We have what we call God stories where we sit around and students raise their hand. You're limited to one per night because there's so many of them, but they just give God glory in the means of saying, hey, this is what we saw God do today. This is ministry is what God's doing all around us and he chooses to use us, right? We're instruments in the hands of the Redeemer. And so when we're on these mission trips, God's going to do his thing, and he so chooses to use us to do that. And we want to see where the students are seen. We want to see what God's doing. We want to be on the front lines. We want to know the conversations they're having. We want to know how God is is moving in the heart of a student they're, they're working with or a camper or an orphan. And so we'll go around, and students will share these God moments, and then we'll all either snap or clap our hands. So for today's podcast, that's the goal, is for this to be one giant God story. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and kind of dissect each day of the trip, and then we'll get to our special guest at the end. Tired of the smell of clean in your house? All that lice all the time? I know I am. But I also want the impact of having a germ-free environment. So I thought, let's combine the two. Let's get some good-smelling blade and Lysol. I'm clean, and it smells good. Introducing Glysol. All right, 
Welcome back to Meets with Keats podcast, a, a podcast designed to make a big church feel small by bringing you, the listeners, a new guest each week. We are currently dissecting Romania 2020, and we've titled this podcast There and Back Again, and that's exactly what happened. But how did it happen? Well, that's a great question. What I want to do now is just go through each day and give you a quick summary and recap and some details of the trip. So let's jump in. And for us, the journey really started on Friday, February 28th, when I was at a preaching conference in Graham, Texas, and we started to get a lot of emails from parents and concerned parents, as they should be, because the world was being taken by storm by this news of this virus. Coronavirus began making an impact in the news. And so we had a lot of questions about, hey, is this trip going to be happening? Have you seen this particular article? I was being sent so much by parents that care uh, for their kids, of course, and were concerned. Are we still going to be doing this trip internationally? And that was a valid concern to all of them. So I don't remember much about that Friday of the conference because I was I was out and just taking calls. And so we planned on having an elder meeting on that Sunday, March 1st, early on, and we did. I remember preparing the document. I presented them, and so we did that early on. And I remember we prayed about it, and we thought, you know what, we've done everything up to this point, and all signs point to the fact that God still wants us to go on this trip. And so we're going to present this to our parents on Wednesday night. We hosted a meeting, and that was quite the evening. We had Elevate happening. We had a parent night just for any parent of the ministry to come. And we also had a parent meeting for those parents that were sending their students to, to Romania. And this was a few days before we were supposed to leave on Friday, March 6th. And so we all gathered in that, in that room, and we had a, a variety of pastors speak into this. And in the end, we said, hey, we're, we're going to move forward with this. And originally, we had 88 total that signed up for the trip. And we ended up Friday uh, taking 82. And so there's 82 of us plus one. We had a missions pastor come on with us, Mark Maddox. And so we were really excited to have him. So flight group one, there was 13 on that. They left in the morning of Friday, March 6th. And then flight group two, we had 70 on ours. We departed DFW around 8.20 p.m. And so we took off for Romania. I remember very clearly what it was like being in the London airport on the way. We had this giant group of 70. And at that time, the world was still not all wearing masks. And so there was London, if you've ever been there, it's an interesting place to travel through in the, in the airport because they don't release the gate times until just right before the flight. And so everyone waits in this this room together and it's it's crowded. And so it was really crowded. We would say now it wasn't COVID safe, but we didn't know that term at the time. And so I remember I was the last through just in case anyone ever gets pulled. And so I think Ryan was in the very front. And so I just texted him or told him, hey, find the find a gate, find the place that no one's around. And so I think Ryan asked someone and he gave them a great gate. And so we stood, well, actually we, we laid down around this gate in this long hallway for hours. I think we had six to seven hours to kill. And we introduced jet lag to our high school students that had never been to Europe in a really fun way. And so eventually we got to Budapest. This is flight group two. Flight group one arrived in Romania in Timisoara and they got taken to camp and they're all safe and praise God for that. And we were flight group two and we made it to Budapest 
later that evening around 10 p.m. And it was great to see Julian and his team after such a long and taxing day of travel. And that was sort of just the beginning of our travel day in some ways because we still needed to get through into Romania. And so we left Budapest, we got to the border, and it just took forever. We finally got to camp around 6 a.m. And so that was 29-hour travel day. It was incredible. And so we rested for a little bit, got up, and we had the most amazing day Sunday trying to stay awake, but really learning the culture. And then God did amazing things that night as our team, we had three different teams. We met the Romanians and we got split off into three different churches and we went and did the entire service there. We had a sermon, we did the drama, we had testimonies, we did worship. Very impactful, incredible. Just this really the start of a normal mission trip. And then comes Monday where we wake up, we're having breakfast, uh, we go out and introduce this idea of family groups to our to our students. And this was the this was such a really cool phase of our mission trip that can get overlooked because of all the things that happened. But really just if you if you meet a student that went on this trip, say, Hey, how was your family group? Because we got partnered with all these families in the small town we lived in, Lipova, and we got sent out for two to three hours every morning. And we just did service for these families and, and boy did they need it. And so our students did everything from repainting houses, cleaning out entire houses, restructuring houses, chopping wood, and you name it, we did it. And in doing that, they got this amazing time with their families, just all this time with the family, just to talk to them relationally, invest in them. And eventually after Thursday, the last time we saw them, just share the gospel with them very clearly. And so we saw a lot of fruit in those relationships. And it was one of the best things about this trip. It was the morning, every morning we got to do this, go out to our family, invest in them. Incredible. Well, back to Monday. So we wrap up family groups. We go to this amazing restaurant, which we'll speak more to later, but it's an amazing Christian family. We got to bless that week. And just to brag about them, they would feed around 130, 140 of us for lunch each day. And they always have, in Romania, you always have hot soup. They would do it all and really good meals, they blessed us, and we're just so encouraged by them, and Lipova, we're gonna give them a special shout out later. But on Monday, we got some news. Right after lunch, we got a phone call, and we started scrambling, because we got word that Romania was restricting the group size. And so this was happening around the world, but this is where, you know, we, we, we thought this might have happened. You know, this was happening around the world, but now it got real, uh, <laughs> You know, this was happening around the world, but now it was really personal, and it was right in front of us. And so they limited group size to 100. The funny thing about that is that just us alone with the Romanian counselors, we were over 100. And so you can see how immediately, one of the first days of our trip, we needed to change plans and to try new things. So all throughout the week, that's kind of a, a summary of the trip, is the detour. The places maybe we wouldn't look first, trying to find a plan B, C, D, E, F. And God supplied those. We learned just to take one step of faith at a time, trusting Him in everything we do. So we planned on visiting the orphanage that day, but God instead let us clean and meet an entire village. Over and over, we would present our plans, and we had a schedule that was set. And then God said, well, here, here's the schedule that I need you to do. Can you do this faithfully? And our group 10 out of 10 times was like, yes, let's go. The students had amazing spirits. 
amazing attitudes, amazing is the word for them. They were so flexible. They were gummy bears. That was our inside joke all trip. I said, we, let's not be animal crackers where under pressure they crack and break, but let's be gummy bears where they can bend and go back into shape. And so we're not defined by our circumstances. We're defined by our identity in Christ. And he has called us to do blank today. So let's go. One of the really coolest ways I saw God just kind of flex his muscle, so to speak, and include us in his plans and, and just getting to learn how God's plans are better than ours is that this time, a lot of Europe, especially Central and Eastern Europe, they were blaming a particular set of gypsy beggars that were Romanian and they were in Italy and they actually had the virus and they were trying to get back in the borders. It's just, a, it was a big mess and a lot of blame and shame was getting thrown at these gypsy beggars from Romania. And, it, and while the, all this was happening, our plans changed and God sent us Tuesday afternoon, evening to this small village in the countryside of Romania, the small gypsy village. And we got to meet over a hundred people and their kids. And we got to present the gospel drama to them, build relationships for at least two, three hours. We, we did have the police called. We'll get to that later. But everything worked, not according to our plans, but according to God's plans. And so, yes, technically, I was a, a, a trip leader on this trip, but we had a staff with us. But God was the leader. You know, me and Julian were, were yes, making some of the plans, but this was God's trip. And we opened up our hands and said, will you take over? Will you lead us where you want us? And he did. One of the greatest ways I experienced just the love of God and learning to trust him literally step by step when I was at nothing, when I had nothing left to give, when we collectively had nothing left to give, were tired, was of course what I'm referring to as the, the journey home. And we got news. It was for me Thursday morning. I got all these texts. I was receiving all these texts from parents. This may have been 5 a.m. my time, 4 a.m. I don't know. But I, I woke up and at first I thought, wow, this is so encouraging. Maybe they're just praying for us as we're sleeping. That's awesome because the we're eight hours ahead. And no, it was it was Jason Fanny saying, hey, you need to call me. Uh, President Trump has announced some things and it's going to impact our trip. And I said, here we go, Lord. Next day, this is it. Thursday's here and let's do this. So I went out in the hallway and I got updated. And yes, this was a big deal. I remember leaving on Friday and going through the border. We're going to talk more about that later. Traveling north up to Budapest, getting that hotel getting the kids in the rooms, just trying to tackle one thing at a time. You know what myself and the other 15 amazing leaders we took on this trip, and I, I want to brag about them now and all throughout this podcast. If I don't get back around to it, just know they were they were there for a reason. God, God made this leadership team we took of 16 so flexible. I never heard them complain. I can't say that enough. But what we really learned on the journey home, Friday, Saturday, and for some of us Sunday, was just practical living Philippians 2. That looking away from your own interest, well, really, despite your own interest and in what you want to do, let's look to someone else. Can we be Christ to someone else? What are their needs? What are their concerns? And this was 24-7. And it started while we were in the hotel in Budapest and, and getting to deliver them pizza. And one of my just kind of crazy moments I'll never forget was everyone was in their rooms and I was in the lobby watching... Uh, Trump and some other people speak about this and and really in the lobby I was being surrounded with 
other Americans who are looking to get home that just lived in Europe. And we were all there with just this common interest of what's going on. And it brought us to this hotel lobby in Budapest. It was just a snapshot for you of of what God was doing in this time and how we needed to trust him and how there was just so much unknown and uncertainty. Now looking back on it, I'm just like, wow, that was at the very, very beginning. If only we knew, if only we knew what was about to happen. And for our team, if only we knew about just what kind of day we were about to have on that Saturday. One of the times I've been most proud to be a pastor and just member of Denton Bible Church was when, (laughs) this is so funny, but it, it just meant something to me. We formed this WhatsApp group on Friday, March 13th, that morning, and it was full of some missions pastors at DBC and some just other staff that need to be in some of these decisions and a lot of our elders. And it was me and it was Mark Maddox from Flight Group One and Jason Fanning was in there. He was our voice to parents all trip. Let me give Jason Fanning a shout out just for being an amazing communicator and being able to relay information to our parents in this time. I'm reading through some of his emails a year later, because for, almost for the first time, because I didn't read them at the time, and they're incredibly informative and comforting, so thank you, Fanny. And so Flight Group 1 took off, and they went from Budapest to Paris to Atlanta, and then home to DFW, and they had a really long Saturday. And so they everything was going great in Paris. When they landed in Atlanta, I believe they needed to stay. I got this from Gabby, who was on that team. I believe they stayed on the plane, and some crew came on to make sure everyone wasn't sick. And so there was like a some forms they filled out and all these things. And by God's grace, everyone made it off there into the next flight on time. And I'm reading through some of the, the timing of that. And Mark did a great job of just telling everyone in the WhatsApp group. But we were so excited to see them through. And that flight group one landed at DFW around 11.16 p.m., 13 down, 70 to go. For flight group two, we woke up, had some breakfast in Budapest, got on the airplane, made it to London, had a fairly simple time doing that. It was chaotic, but we managed to get through. And that is where everything kind of got a little more crazy, is when we landed in Chicago around 8 p.m. on that Saturday. I remember getting off the plane and thinking, wow, we landed early. I think we're going to be able to make our next flight home. Because remember, we were scheduled to land in DFW after midnight, but we would have been home. And so there was still hope that we can get our flight to 70, if we can get through customs, if we can get past all the, what we thought would be screening, yes. But if we can get through that fast enough, we can make it. And so we actually had some optimism, but we were also very tired. And so I remember getting into the hallway and with our team, and I was in the front, And I saw this gigantic line, part of a a gigantic line, and it was going up an escalator. And I was just confused. I'm like, I wonder what that's to. Good good thing we don't have to go in that line. And so we started to walk past. And very soon I realized that all roads led to this line, unfortunately. And it looked and sounded a little bit like this. We came from down there and the ways that way. And now we are here to the next stage. One step at a time. Parents, if you're watching this, we'll update you if we're gonna make an update. We are moving, but we gotta get up there. And those all this is here. We were way back there. We're getting we're gummy bears back into shape. We don't crumble like animal crackers. 
And that was our perspective. We tried this to be gummy bears, but we were going on a really long travel day and the line seemed endless. And this is right when we were starting to trend on Twitter, the Chicago airport. We were right in the middle of it all. I was getting texts from all these all these people because I was posting some images. News was asking us for our images because we were taking pictures of the line and just what, this was all new to everyone. So we didn't have a lot of opportunities. The airports in the US didn't have a ton of opportunities to really move forward with a screening protocol. And to their credit, I mean, not to just shove blame on Chicago airport or any airport, they were, they were trying their best and this was new to them too. We didn't know a lot about this virus, but thousands of people, we, we found out later, thousands of people ended up going through this line and everyone flying in internationally, they were just gonna force through a very small window. And so it just backed up and it took hours and hours and hours. As I read through the WhatsApp group I was in, right after we landed until I got to meet with the ticket agent, there was this all sorts of conversation that was happening, pages and pages of, okay, we're gonna try this, we're gonna get this person on the phone, we're gonna try to get to American Airlines to, re to reschedule our flights. It was kind of organized chaos all happening, but our team was functioning back home and through the, via this WhatsApp group really well. Around 9.55 p.m. I wrote this. I said, hey guys, I can go ahead and pretty much confirm unless there's a major delay in our flight, we will not make it. So thank you for moving forward and we will just wait to find out whatever uh, y'all can. Really what I was saying was they were looking up hotel rooms for us and, and just kind of guessing that we weren't going to make our flight. And so how are we going to now sleep in Chicago? We don't want to put 70 people just on the floor of an airport after they hadn't slept the last 20 hours anyway. A lot of our team was just tired and hungry, and Chicago did pass out snacks and some waters. They were, like I said, they were trying to do the best they could, but we were just in this long line. We got handed forms, which ended up being very, fairly simple, and really the first draft, I guess, in the U.S. of what it meant to have like a COVID form. So we were circling and writing in our information, preparing for something we didn't even know, this, this new type of screening where they were going to take our temperature, we thought, or see if we have a cough. We didn't know, but we were just going to walk in the unknown and get home. Around an hour later, around 1042, I said to the group, I said, we were, we're still probably two hours from leaving this line. And I said, I'll, after I finish my inspection, then I'll try and speak to a ticket agent if I can and see if we can figure this out. At that point, we realized we had missed our flight. And so we started thinking, all right, we're in Chicago. When's our next flight? How are we going to get 70 people to sleep? All these questions running through. And so our team was working hard to do that. But we realized that American had put our team automatically. When you miss a flight, they just kind of book, rebook you automatically. And so they had put our team of 70 on five separate flights. And I believe the first flight out of Chicago was going to be in a few hours, like in the middle of the night. And so this was in no way going to happen. We left as a team. We will arrive as a team. All 70 of us on one flight was the prayer. Around 11:14 p.m., I made it through the screening. I was one, I was in the very very front of our group. I had kind of ran my way to the front of our group and then somehow just went through the quickest line and right when I get up to my screening, they asked me one question. I said I went I was in Romania and they let me go through without temperature or anything. And I was like, really all that for nothing? I remember seeing thousands of pieces of luggage everywhere. Just you could barely move. They made little paths because everyone of course was in line and no one was picking up their luggage yet.
It's just chaos. Absolute chaos. So I found some of our luggage. I found the few girls that had made it through with me and we, I said, all right, this is where y'all should meet. I'm going to go find a ticket agent. I ran and around 11.47 p.m. I wrote the WhatsApp group and said, all right, guys, I'm talking to the ticket agent. Please pray hard right now. Around the same time, a miracle had happened I didn't even know about yet. God had blessed us with 19 hotel rooms in the closest available hotel, which was next to the airport. So you're telling me thousands of people missed their flights and they're looking for a hotel and we just so happened to get 19 for our group. I woke up to the ticket counter and the crazy thing was there was a few ticket agents that were helping some people, but there was just one lady on the far left that had no one in line and I just walked down. I told her our situation and I really do believe God had placed this incredible woman there just to help our team. She was, I call her our, our guardian angel. For whatever reason, she said, you know what, my, I'm, my shift's about to end, but I'm not going to leave until I solve y'all's problem. We're going to do it together. And so what we had to do is she got in the system and she found exactly what happened. Yes, the system automatically just threw our students by random choice into five separate flights. And I told her, that's just not going to work. We have students and we can't let them fly alone. So me and this ticket agent slowly started to piece together this giant puzzle. And the first step in that was finding all of our students and leaders that were separated on these five different flights. So we had to go and look at all the flights leaving for DFW. And we slowly found each and every person and it involved us kind of going through all the 70. The funniest thing in that exchange was we found one flight where one of our girls was on it alone. <laughs> so they, there was no one else except her on it. And I think it left at 3 a.m. And so that was the reason we did this. That was step one. Step two was we had to find a flight where we could all go together, ideally someday, Sunday. And she did that as well. The best text that ever got sent in our WhatsApp group, 12.23 a.m. I wrote this to the crew. I said, God is real, my friends. And Juliana from... American Airlines hooked us up. All 70 booked on one flight. We're leaving at 3.35 p.m. from Chicago, and we're landing at 6 p.m. Don't you know it, at DFW. I said, I can give you all the details and the exact flight number later, but we are printing the boarding passes now. She had to condense five flights into one. And then our WhatsApp group blew up and just rejoicing and answered prayers. We had so many people praying for this process. Jason said a little bit later in the WhatsApp group, he says, I really can't believe the Lord got us 19 hotel rooms, a later flight, and all 70 on one flight. Unbelievable. And so everyone's just giving God praise here, and we're just ecstatic. We ended up getting everyone to the hotel, and I think around 1.45 yep, a.m., we were all in the lobby. Our students were so hungry, so they brought, we brought in the only pizza. There was one pizza store that was open that delivered. And so Chicago style pizza. So we had that delivered around 3 a.m. and delivered it to the rooms. And students just literally ate and then passed out immediately. We woke up. We got to sleep in that day. We brought in Dunkin' Donuts. I believe we shut down a Dunkin' Donuts. We bought all their donuts and brought orange juice. I don't know if I can say these store names via this, but they're probably not listening. And we ate in kind of this ho beautiful hotel lobby. And we set up, you know, we had students in their pajamas and we're we're, we're passing around orange juice and eating donuts. Just a really funny glimpse at a mission trip and all that we had been through together. We're family, and we got to have a family breakfast together. Everyone was in good spirits. The Lord knew exactly what we needed, and he supplied everything we did.
Thank you, Lord, for that. And thank you, students, for your attitudes and never hearing anyone complain and just kind of being flexible, being gummy bears. The rest of the story is boring, and we like that it's boring because nothing bad happened. We got on the plane and we arrived. I remember Mike being there and passing out the mask. I remember putting on the mask, all the students leaving with their parents and arriving at my truck and getting ready for my 14-day quarantine. Because you have to remember, we were still in Chicago, and for hours we were around so many different travelers, and really no one was wearing masks at this point. We didn't have those. And so we had all just mentally prepared that we had probably gotten COVID, or we might at least have COVID. And so this was our 14-day quarantine. And I'm happy to say that from the trip, we all served our quarantine COVID-free. We did not bring it back from Romania. We did not get it in Chicago. God kept us in this little bubble, and we're so grateful for that. What a trip. There and back again. Romania 2020. Stay tuned, because we'll be right back. You're listening to the Meets with Keats podcast, a podcast designed to make a big church feel small by connecting you, the listeners, to our guests each week. I'm so proud and grateful and thankful and humble to be presenting this week our very own Julian from Romania, of Life Romania, my good friend there, who was our contact and friend and and really everything that week to us. And so me and him got a chance to catch up and we can, I cannot wait. We had such a fun time. I can't wait for you to hear it and to really dive in more about what this trip meant. So we just finished recapping Romania 2020, and now we have special guest Julian with us all the way from Romania. Welcome, Julian. Thank you, kids. It's great to be with you and uh, with the students and uh, your followers. That's great. Julian, do you want to tell everyone really quickly just how you and I met? Or you could even go back to when you met some of the Denton Bible missionaries and then eventually how you and I met? Yeah, we were trying to uh, get a partnership with uh, Southwestern uh, Baptist Theological Seminary to come and train our students and the leaders, the youth leaders that we are creating through our ministry uh, by God's grace. And uh, eventually uh, Southwestern, they could not uh, help us, but they directed us uh, towards the uh, Denton Bible Church. And uh, not only that, but they actually organized a meeting for us to meet with Chris, with uh, Mike. And uh, we sat down, we tell them that our passion is to reach the next generation for Christ in Eastern Europe. Uh, we do this through camps uh, and the counselors are doing follow-up to all the campers, uh, inviting them to 12 steps of discipleship. And because we have counselors from different backgrounds, Orthodox, Catholic, Protestant, you know, and different theology. And uh, me being a Reformed theology, I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, we all teach and we have the same foundation. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, that went uh, well uh, for the mission department at Denton. 
And basically, we we were on the same line uh, theologically and practically. We want to reach people for Christ and not just that, but disciple them, grow them in Christ. And uh, that's when I also got introduced to kids and uh, as a teacher. And he came and you taught with Chris the uh, New Testament and Old Testament survey. And we, we had a blast. And I saw your passion for the young generation uh, together with my passion for the young generation. And, you know, you want to equip your leaders that will think uh, mission-minded. And you brought them to Romania. And our friendship grew stronger and uh, you know, in the same time, I love it because it's not, uh, it's a friendship surrounded in Jesus mm. and his purpose and his mission and his call on our lives. And we want to do that together as best as we can with the tools that God gave us. Amen. Amen, brother. Man, Amen. I, early on, I have many fond memories. You were the first face I saw in Romania for my, you know, the first time. Oh, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 2018 i'm in timishora and i'm like well i need some i need a i need a god to send a helper right now i need god to send someone to help me right now but then along came julian but uh and you brought your crew with you a couple of things stood out uh being with romanians is just y'all's care uh y'all's care for us uh for people uh and you uh, your hospitality and your love in that way and so we really appreciate that and y'all just thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all are incredible hosts and and really passionate about Christ and seeing His gospel go out. And so it was a pleasure just joining y'all. And y'all even celebrated my birthday there early. Y'all were the first ones to recognize my birthday <laughs> that year. And just little thing. You do the little things well. I think Romanians do the little things well. That's what I've noticed. We, we, we try, and I'll tell you this, uh, kids. Uh, my heart is to never take for granted God's grace. And for us, the fact that, you know, brings people like you and students, anybody in Romania to do missions, you know, uh, the fact that you sacrifice your, your time, money, uh, travel, you know, sitting in a airplane for eight, nine, ten hours uh, in a small chair, you know, uh, unless you travel uh, business, and I don't know, <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> not yet, <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet, yeah. Uh, but I know how those flights are, so uh, I've been doing this for quite a while. So I don't take it for granted. I don't uh, take for granted what God gives me. And to me, every team, every person that comes um, to our ministry, it's a gift from God, and I want to make sure that I, I treat everything like it's from God. Well, that's amazing, Julian. And that brought us to, after that first meeting, I remember you, we still went for, we took our high schoolers a, a spring break of 2019 to Trinidad one last year. And you and I got mm -hmm. coffee in Ditton in April in cryptozoology. Yep. Rest in peace. I remember. Crypto, that coffee shop's gone, Julian. And oh my goodness. We got, I was hoping we would do it again. I know. <laughs> Everyone did cannot, this, amen. I cannot believe a coffee shop goes out of business, especially in Denton. <laughs> it's real sad. Well, it's very sad. You and I met there, and we just kind of, we got a journal out or a piece of paper, and we just started saying, wait, we so we can bring this many, and it'll, this can happen. And I said, can we come in March? And you're like, yes, yes. Like, we can have you anytime. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, you tell me what you, what, what y'all need, and we'll make it happen. You know, because you said yeah. Romania needs us and 
uh, we want to, you just kept talking the word, we use the word partnership so much. That's all we wanted to be, you know, your team mm -hmm. and our team together. We said, if we can get them together and go out for the sake of the gospel, God's going to do amazing things. And so that led us to plan and Julian, let's fast forward to February, 2020, when me and you start talking and I hated sending this, I said, Hey brother, are you hearing that this new virus COVID? And we had back then we said like the COVID or we said the China COVID or like, we didn't even know what to call it yet. Yeah. No. And <laughs> if, so if you remember, everybody was scared to death. I mean, yes. we were really, really scared. We just, but in the same time, we wanted to, we didn't know what to believe. Uh, it was scary. The news, uh, you know, I remember the videos coming from China, you know, with people dying, screaming on the streets and the police grabbed them and you didn't know, you know, what kind of virus is this, you know? And then suddenly it crossed the borders and it's all over the world. And I'm like, and we are basically in the middle of it. And you are thinking, you know, what you, you know, God calls you to do something you're going to stop. And this is what I got excited about. You know how young people we read in church history, they sacrifice so much for the gospel. And to me, that was a special moment where you and I were able to leave our faith in front of, you know, how many were you? 85, 90, something like that. We brought around eight. Yeah, we were going to bring around 87 and we ended up bringing like 80. We were like 83, I think. 83. So over 80. Yeah, 83. Plus the, plus the Romanians. So, you know, I'm glad now that I look back, I can <laughs> praise God that he used us as a testimony and as a tool uh, to prove that even though circumstances look bad, we need to live by faith. You know, I was talking to the staff me this morning. I know I'm preaching to the choir right now, but I was telling them, I want to be the one that gets out of the boat. I want to be the one walking on the water. You know, it's easy to get into a comfort zone. And I'm not saying, you know, be stupid and jump out of the window. No, I'm not saying that. I just want to be making sure that I'm, I'm led by God, not by circumstances. Uh, and I think... I know we are doing this podcast and it's amazing, but I believe in my heart, we're going to have this podcast one day with Jesus because he's going to be like, I believe from all my heart, he used us. He definitely used us. Hmm. Uh, and not he used us in other people's lives, but me and you, we have a stronger faith today and we are stronger men for Jesus because of those circumstances without those circumstances my faith would not be as strong as it is today so i thank him for Amen. those crazy crazy times <laughs> they are crazy and the students listening on you're gonna have some uh you're you're it's good that you're listening on because me and julian are excited to share a little bit we want to draw the curtain we so to speak and show you a little bit behind the scenes a lot of good happened. I mean, for the for what could have been, the Lord protected us. He kept us like in this little uh, special bubble where he we could do ministry. And it's when we start talking in a little bit, I hope the students realize just what a blessing it was that we were um, there at a certain time. 
and how God used it, used you, used your amazing team on Friday, March 6th. Remember, we, we started two flights over here. One got there really early on Saturday, Timmy Shora, and they went to camp and tried to stay awake. And God bless them. That's awesome. 13 was with that group. And then yep. the group of 70 uh, was with me and a few others. And we left at like around 4.30 Friday. We got to London at 11.30 a.m. And we went to this really long little area where we just kind of, I think Ryan was leading the group while I was staying back. And he just asked someone, where can we go that is going to be around less people as possible, like uh, around as little people as possible, excuse me. And so they sent us this random gate in the middle of nowhere in the airport. We stood there, we, we <laughs> laid there and uh, for like six, seven hours. Anyway, we, we arrived at Budapest around 10, 10.30 p.m. And this is going yeah, on yeah. a long, I mean, this is a long travel day and we see you and you showed up in two charter buses with food. Oh, God bless you, Gillian. <laughs> <laughs> we were so happy. <laughs> Food is always necessary, man. Because <laughs> we need to have it. I want to talk about that. That for we're not going to talk. Don't worry, we're not going to talk about every single detail of this trip, students. We're gonna we're gonna uh, jump around for sake of time. But up into that point, you don't realize how special it was for me and Julian to see each other that first time. Because prior, let's rewind back to February when we were talking earlier. Me and you were shooting texts to each other all the time, different articles, and some days. Literally, Julian, there were some days I'm like, all right, it's seconds till I have to call Julian and we cancel this trip and maybe yeah. vice versa. And yeah. to be, to finally land in Budapest after the weeks and all the, the, the hundreds of what it seems like of meetings and planning and reading documents and prayers and lack of sleep. And Keith was, was a year, one year of work, of planning and organizing all oh. these. And, and we were not ready to let this virus stopping us no i mean i was like no way um <laughs> we've been working we've been praying i know the lord has been letting us here this is just you know testing our faith uh, testing our courage and uh, i was it was a dream coming true when i saw you coming with all those students and we were able to pack uh, two buses with young people coming to share the gospel in Romania. So it was, it was amazing to me personally. It was so encouraging to see those faces. Some of them were tired, really tired after a long flight. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it's easy for me to make fun when I see people with those faces. And I, in the same time, I realize people make fun of me when I come up with, after, you know, 17, oh. 23 hours of traveling, yeah. you know, through airports. But it was a, a joy, a joy to see that it's, it's finally uh, happening. The first thing I want to talk about is when we first went through Budapest, the border, and <laughs> I remember looking to you and realized, like, it was such a long travel day. I, I, I tallied it. It ended up for us being a 29-hour travel day because of the yeah. flights we got just weren't great. Remember? And you, you were telling us, you're like, this is going to be difficult. But we had some trouble the border. Yeah, and you know, at the border, we had to wait forever. I didn't know it was going to take us so long with, you know, the people trying to cross the border in the last minute, you know, coming back to Romania because of the COVID. And then we were, you know, almost 90 people uh, with the Romanians and we trying to cross the border, 90 people checking passports and everything. So it took us uh, longer than we thought. Um, 
but you know god was with us god was with us and he gave us strength uh, and power to overcome all those in spite of the hardship <laughs> yeah we finally made it yeah it's it's early or it's late i don't know so Yulian, the next thing that happened, so Sunday happened, we came back and slept in. We went to amazing churches Sunday night and praise God for that. Our students mm-hmm. got to perform the drama on Sunday in three different churches. You and I were at the same church. It was a culture day. We sleep. Everything's normal. I'm going to get up to, it's really Monday's lunch. And the recap, I just told to everyone about kind of how important that first lunch was because you and I were, were eating that fun, what's the name of the restaurant we were always at? Um, Mari, Mariana or something like that. I think Maria. Yeah. You taking Mar- me? No, Mar- Mar- Maria Magdalena. That's it. Maria Magdalena. It's the restaurant. And you had taken me there in January of 2020 when I was visiting yep. uh, with the orphans at camp, and we yep. got a lunch there. And I was like, "This is what we're. This is amazing." Anyway, and so what's the great blessing with that restaurant, it's the only rest, Christian restaurant in that area. Uh, the owners are Christian. So, you know, they're very nice and patient with us, you know, putting 90 people, feed 90 people. And, you know, with teenagers, most of them going in and out, it can be, you know, <laughs> a hassle. Yes. You know? And I'm sure pa- parents understand me when I say this, because I have teenagers home and I, you know, I, I suffer a weekend with two of them, but with 90, 90 students after us, you know, oh, man. for a week. A week. So, so praise God for those people and that door. I don't think that restaurant is there by chance. God knew it beforehand. I love Romania. At, when you get a lunch, you're you're almost guaranteed to get some soup of some kind, right? You try to have a oh, yeah. soup every lunch. Oh, oh, always soup. Men in Romania love their soups. Uh, I, I'm 50-50, but, uh, you know, my dad, uh, the older generation, they have to have a bowl of soup every day, at least one, if not more. <laughs> it's good for you, too. Some good hot soup. We'll That's see. what they say. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, how about the cake we have after, anyway? <laughs> uh, I would do more of that. <laughs> Me and Julian have a sweet tooth. We do, from some coffee. How's it, Cafea? Yeah, a little oh, coffee, yeah. coffee break. My, one of my things, the first phrase I learned in any language is like coffee break, so I can just say it. Anyway, so Monday, we ate lunch, we sit back, and then I remember you walking up to me, and I remember thinking, all right, everything has changed for us this week. And it was kind of the first, I don't want to say hit, it was just the first detour. How about that, detour? It was the first yeah. detour we need to take. And what was that phone call we got? Wasn't it about the size of the group, the hundred? Exactly. Uh, it was it was hard because even as we were driving back to the camp from the airport, and the next day the phone started ringing from pastors, friends. Uh, if you remember Lori, the guy who is leading the the bus company, he was getting phone calls with, "Man, you cannot travel. You cannot take kids. Or if you take kids or people in the buses, don't stop at the gas stations. Don't let them." use the restroom, don't let them touch anything. And, and Lori was, was scared. And I was like, you know, uh, yes, 
I'm sure if we got here, God is not going to leave us in the middle. Uh, he's going to provide. He's going to take care of us. He brought us this far. He's going to help us finish strong, which which he did. But the first rule was uh, you cannot have groups more than 100 people. Right. So we went to this village in a church uh, working with the local pastor, uh, Damiani on uh, Johnny is his name basically in English. Johnny. And we go go there. And sure enough, you know, we had like 50, 60 kids showed up and we were like 90 all together. And obviously we were over a hundred. Right. And a lady, you know, was watching the window and I don't know why her kid could not come out. And he was jealous. And the lady called the police, the neighbor to the church. It was I was so upset. I'm like, man, how <laughs> bad it can be to call the police for kids playing outside and just because you're jealous your kid cannot go outside or something like that. I think he had his foot broke or something like that. I don't remember exactly. So the lady calls the police and the police comes. And I didn't know how to take it. In Romania, you don't know how to take the police. If they're angry and they're going to scream and yell and destroy everything and I was in the same time embarrassed because I didn't want to you know we want to leave a good testimony with you guys also uh, you know I didn't want you to get the impression that we are right. doing something illegal or wrong but you know I was praying as I was walking towards the policemen and I talked to them and even though I was praying I didn't have the best attitude but to me and you God gave us Johnny the pastor, the Romanian pastor, yes. who, I don't know if I could say it this way, but this is what comes to my mind. He has the gift of grace. Um, he's, you look at him and you're like, you want to hug him. He has that personality where he's a sweet guy, nice guy. And he starts talking to the police yep. and brought all these papers that I didn't know we had to have. But he was so, just like you, you just showing me earlier, the, the file with the papers, with everything going on. And he pulls this from his car and he had a mayor authorization, a youth authorization. He had all these letters from the Baptist Union in Romania, from the mayor office, from the Department of Youth, the Minister of Youth, the government. So he had like three letters and the police were like, okay, just, you know, if you're going to finish, and we were about to finish, it was like half an hour. He's like, oh, you know, you can still do it. Make sure you are not more than 100. But if you're going to finish in half an hour, you are free to do whatever you want. So I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. So it was amazing to have Johnny with us. It's, it, it was definitely a gift from God. So that's, if you're taking notes at home, that's one of the themes is God provided everything we needed and more. And including the people like Johnny, man, I'm just remembering his name right now. And of course I remember him, but sometimes you forget the name. It's been so long. Yeah. He was such a blessing. What Julian's referring to with the police on Tuesday. So Monday we get the call, no, uh, not a hundred. So the afternoon we just said, all right, you know what? We're going to pick up. We're going to clean Lipova, Lipova. We're going to clean this yep. town everywhere. So we literally walked around picking up trash and boy, howdy, did we, fill up some trash bags that afternoon <laughs> boy howdy we uh, certainly did and so the students remember that they're just smiling yeah we had to rent an extra 
extra extra van to come yeah. and uh, pick up the trash bags that we because we gather so much trash. It was unbelievable. So Tuesday, what Yuling's referring to is Tuesday. First God moment is we actually. I don't know if a lot of people know this. We actually did perform inside one school, the drama. And so mm-hmm. we sent a team and we, we actually went and performed in a school. And it was the last, Yulene, isn't that a God moment as well? I think this is the last school that would have allowed us to do it. Like this was the last day they were open before COVID shutdowns. Exactly. It was the last day there. of school. What, that's, not, that's not like a coincidence. Like he, we were literally- not at all. The, the little bitty door that was open and we found it like that's just too random it has to be god and we walked in there and we met that amazing the teacher right that or that principal yeah he'll come he'll come to play a little bit later and so we, we performed <laughs> the drama and that tuesday's going great and i'm like this i said yulian this is incredible we got to meet this amazing pastor uh who's a teacher there and then I don't know if everyone knows this, but at the time, a lot of people, I hope, Julian, please correct me, uh, but a lot of the people in Eastern Europe and Central Europe might have been blaming some of these, uh, in, in Italy, there were some beggars that they believed to have mm-hmm. COVID and they were trying to bring them back to Romania. There were some Romanian beggars. And at mm-hmm. the time, I think there was a lot of maybe blame and shame towards gypsy villages. Correct me if I'm wrong. And no, you're all, right, you're right. And all of this blame and shame game going on, pointing fingers, who's spreading it, who's not. You know, now we look at it and we said, hey, everyone's spreading it. But God, that night, Tuesday night, he said, you know what? I'm going to send Dent Bible Student Ministries with Life Romania into the heart of a gypsy village in the middle of seemingly nowhere. And we went there and we brought the gospel and we got to perform the drama. And that is where we got the police called on us. Maybe that means we did something right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Julian, uh, what a special night at that Gypsy Village. It was. We we had the chance to uh, even, you know, basically share the gospel with the police. We told them the reason we are there. Uh, you know, uh, Johnny was not afraid to say uh, we are here because we want to teach these kids about Jesus. Right. Uh, and this is while Denton was performing the drama. Right. So we were talking and the police was witnessing the drama while we were, to- while we were talking to them. And there was a, also a lady who was trying to, uh, we had immediately after that, we had elections. Yes. And she wanted to be the mayor of that uh, village where we were. So she came to salute us and encourage us. Oh, wow. She's like, oh, you're doing so nice. You're, you know, teaching kids good things. And I love this and I want to encourage you. And what was good, I think it benefited us, even though she was just trying to get more voters. But the police understood that, you know, not just from us, but also God used a non-believer to open the eyes of the police to show them we are doing good things. Yeah, uh, We are sharing the gospel, and this is the best thing you can give to a child, to a non-believer. Amen. So to me, it's, again, another testimony of God's faithfulness. And that's going to be, if you're, again, if you're taking notes, add that to the bullet list that God's faithfulness is another theme and thread throughout this trip. Julian, Wednesday happens and we have an opportunity. We, we, we do a little more culture in the morning or after family groups. And in the afternoon, we take you and I go with one team and we go visit that 
school pastor at his church. And we actually run their Wednesday evening service. And why that is so important is for the future of our missions there, it seems like. This pastor was, was basically like, hey, I want to get you into more schools. I, you came mm-hmm. to my school, but it seemed like God had placed him there and we met for, for the future. Like the way I, I, the way I try and tell people about Romania 2020 is we climbed up and we saw, we climbed up to the top of this mountain and we just saw, looked over and got to see everything um, after it. Like we could see all the potential and all the green valley and, and everything. And, and the Lord just brought the right people and said, look, look at this, look at this, look what I could do here, you know? And, and meeting that pastor was huge. We, we, I think we bought him KFC on the way home. <laughs> yeah, we did. KFC and it goes hard. It's pretty good. It's, it's huge. And, and it is, it is much, uh, much better than, uh, in US. Unfortunately, <laughs> you gotta get that garlic, I, I had to you say. Get that garlic sauce, right? Oh man, that's amazing. You would make me hungry I'm just thinking sorry. about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's almost five o'clock there. Uh, it's 9 a.m. here. Julian, that was a real special day. And I want to get to the one of the bigger days is when I woke up Thursday morning to all these texts and phone calls. And it was it was one of my contacts from back home telling me about the Trump announcement that just happened, basically shutting down all the travel from Europe. And, get, and there's that day of there was, a, I don't even know, but uh, that, that announcement happened. So they were getting flooded on stateside with, with uh, of course, um, concerned parents, parents with questions, what, what does this look like? And we're over here in this little, like I said, bubble. And we're in this, uh, our camp. We'll call, we'll call yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I remember you, I was at breakfast downstairs and I saw you walking up that giant hill as you did every morning. What a, right when you wake up, you have to walk up a huge mountain. <laughs> and I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to see if Julian knows. And I told you, and we were like, all right, we, we kind of looked at each other when I told you about the announcement from the States and you said, okay, here's the, here, that's another detour. Let's do this. You know, what's God going to do? What was some of your thoughts thinking about that huge decision that impacted the entire world while we were there? You know, uh, number one, I was thinking about the parents. I knew the parents, you know, having your kids across the world uh, with so much insecurity. The media was getting crazy everywhere. Uh, but in the same time, I knew it was not by chance. I knew we are doing God's will. Uh, I knew he was with us. He was not going to forsake us. Um, I just wanted in, in my mind and heart, I'm like, God, we are here. And I know you want us, you want to use us. I just wanted to make sure we are not led by fear, you know, uh, even not fear from COVID, but the fear that the parents were sending our way, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And, but we are living uh, by the faith and, you know, by why why you brought us this far, why you led us this. And right. I wanted to be obedient in that moment. What, what do you want us to do? Who do you want us to reach? You know, I, and my prayer, you know, I remember I was like, God, I want to be your glove. Mm. Uh, put your hand in me and direct us direct us where you want us to serve today and i was praying i was texting pastor johnny uh, and uh, pastor also and uh, that's his name the pastor from the school right um 
because uh, I know he he loved what the students did and he wanted us to yeah. be in more schools. And I think that's another point that God was working because he's uh, he's like an assistant principal. He's number two in that school and he has connections all over the west side of the country. And he can definitely get us into more schools next time right. we do it. Um, but I was like, okay, God, I know you want us here. So we just don't know what your plans are, make them known to us. So that was my, my prayer all the time. And amen. But before we went out, you remember the song we chose to sing? We were like, let's sing a song. We need to sing a song today. We need to bless this day to the Lord. We went old school, which is the song isn't old, but for them, for our high schoolers, it's old. We sing blessed be the name. And so oh, yeah. we just sing the name of the Lord, you know, it doesn't matter what you said that the circumstances are out there. It doesn't matter about all this noise we're getting in. Yes, you know, COVID matters and we don't want anyone to get sick. And at the time we just didn't know. We, there was so much unknown, but we did know a few things. We did know we woke up in Romania and that is where God had us. We did know we, you know, we got to share breakfast together. We did know we had plans for the day. So we, we really went Matthew 6 with it. We said, we don't, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow is going to worry about itself. And yes, it did. Trust me. Friday did worry about itself. <laughs> but, on, <Yeah. laughs> but on Thursday, we said, well, you know, today's the day. Today could be the day of salvation for someone. Let's go out. And so we sang, blessed be the name of the Lord. And we went out. And sure enough, God did things we're not going to know about till we, we see him face to face. And I truly believe that. Yeah, I remember we gave away while we were cleaning. We also gave away Bibles. So yes. We gave away some uh, food to Tracks. people. We shared the gospel with the people yeah. as we were walking the streets. Uh, and, uh, you know, even the family groups, we shared the gospel with everybody that we've been uh, ministering, uh, yeah. talking to them. Uh, I, I don't know if you know this, but once you left Romania, our team did follow up. We, we call everybody. We talk to them. We made sure that uh, they know about the church from their neighborhood. We talked to Pastor Johnny to visit them and uh, talk to them. Uh, me and Johnny, we got the chance to see each other again and uh, talk to one of the families that uh, are start coming, husband and wife, to his church as a result of that ministry. So, uh, you know, in spite of the fear that we have from a human point of view, uh, we knew we were doing God's will, and now we get to see, looking back, uh, that God had a plan, and yes. we always need to trust Him and obey Him. Amen. Yulene, as uh, I could keep you all day, I just I want to focus on one other aspect of this trip. We got, you know, we led up to the trip, we got there, we had the trip, and really the the way, uh, the way home, Friday, March 13th, when we set off, we got up early, we cleaned camp as best we could, and we set off for Budapest. And you and I sat mm -hmm. in front of the bus, and we just started praying, and we were like, we're going to get to the border. And we didn't know what, to, what the border was going to look like um, into Hungary. Yeah. We did not know. But I think the Lord really put it on your heart. Originally, students and everyone listening, we were going to leave Saturday. And Friday was going to be this big outreach night to all the orphans we were going to be visiting with all week. Isn't that correct? Yeah. And so yeah. you said, hey, let's, we need to go a little early. We just felt we need to get there because this is going to be madness. Uh, and you getting into the airport Saturday morning. 
And so we, we took off and we got to the, we started praying, got to the border and, and Yulina went fairly smoothly, didn't it? It did. It, it did because, you know, the world basically closed, but uh, it was still open for exceptions. And we were one of we those were the exceptions. We were the exception, yes. That's why, that's why the, the border w- went smooth because, you know, everybody was basically shut down, had to stay home and not go anywhere. Do you remember everybody what they said? Everybody was just scared. Do you remember when they, ju- they got on the bus and the soldier, what he said to us? I think he probably said in Romanian to you, he said, what are y'all doing here? <laughs> he said, what are yeah, you Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, what's going on? He was not expecting Americans, you know, being in between no. Hungary, Romania and Hungary. You know? And we said, hey, we're like, hungry what? and hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're definitely hungry also. We, uh, we crossed the border, okay. Where are we? We are in Hungary and we are hungry. <laughs> we, uh... Julian, we, we got, me and you got through the first bus. We saw them through it. Then we went to the small town. I actually got the name of it in Hungary. It's spelled S-Z-E-G-E-D. I don't know how to pronounce it. Seged. Seged. And we ate them. At, we, we, we shut down a McDonald's there is what we did. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we're, we, we really didn't pull our American card much, but that was the most American we got the whole trip. We, we, we tried to just immerse ourselves into all of Romanian culture. But that was a really fun experience. And yeah. it just showed the blessing of food and a meal that can change your attitude because we were all a little, we were getting a little, we were all getting a little tired and cranky. And, and there's, there's a lot of weight seemingly on our shoulders when all the time we could just put that on God. Um, he just wants to take that for us. You know, he doesn't want us to carry that. And so yeah. Yeah. I remember us pulling into Budapest that night and going to the Overlook. And this is another fun, we're wrapping up here. I know, Julian, this was another fun little uh, thing for students. We were all looking out, beautiful view. The, what's it called? The Citadel? The Yeah, yeah. Uh... We were sitting up there and you came up to me and it's fine they know this now. You're like, Keats, we, uh, we need to leave. And I'm like, what's going on? And you're like, well, <laughs> we, we need to just go to the hotel. Because didn't you find out that maybe travelers had gone through there and with potentially having COVID? Yeah, Lori was getting phone calls from other bus drivers saying <laughs> that they brought all the Romanians from Italy and other countries where, that they were shutting down with COVID through the same area that we were going. Right. And those people, you know, they have the, the, the same stops we had, the, the same gas stations we had. You know, and they were like, don't let them touch anything. Don't let them be around people, and, you know. And in the same time, we want to take advantage of the time that we were in such amazing places. And we don't know if we're going to go back there again. So I'm like, you know, since I'm here, I want to enjoy it. But in the same time, we will get all this fear. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. You know. So... Uh, but now, looking back, it's just in our own desire to please God and maybe a little bit of madness. Yes. God has faithfully protected us because you all went home safe, no COVID. Right. And you've been tested and you had to be in uh, 
quarantine for, I don't know, five days, six days. I don't know how it was the quarantine back then. And then we went home and, you know, all the people we minister, everybody, the mayor office, nobody got sick or anything. So God had, like you said, I think was God's bubble upon us, protecting right. us from everything that we went through. Because from a human point of view, it's, we should have got COVID yeah. <laughs> from a human point of view, if you look at it. Yes, but, it, and, every, it was probably everywhere at that point. We just weren't getting exactly. tested. People weren't getting tested. Exactly. Julian, and, uh, you I, know. And that's another thing I've, uh, I forgot to mention. I'm not sure which day. This is a really fun little just nugget of truth for them, knowledge. Uh, we got to meet with the mayor of Lipova. And we yeah. his office. Yeah. that's another little God moment of this trip. We got to meet with the mayor and he got to talk about, ask me questions about our church. And he's, he pretty much gave, handed over the keys, so to speak, the keys to the kingdom. Like basically he said, how can we help you um, do this drama, get in the orphanages? And so really God assembled a team. God was assembling a, a bigger team. We said, hey, we're bringing 83. And I'm, you brought like 30 to 40 of your crew, um, Romanians, Julian, it yeah. seemed like, and then God said, Hey, I got some more people to include in this team. All right. Your huddle is about to get a little bigger here. Yeah. And it's, again, it's a miracle because the mayor was a non-believer. Right. And, you know, uh, I still remember his, his face. He has a heavy smoker face. Uh, but in the same time, when he understood that Luke in, the world is shutting down, but we were there full of joy, right. sharing Jesus, trying to not be led by fear, but helping the community. You know, man, that would be a good moment thereafter to capture doing all those things. It, it was amazing. <laughs> it was a, and I hope, you know, because we were just like Jesus said, a light to the world. Right. And, and God brought those people non-believers uh, to come alongside us and help us uh, do again from a human point of view was impossible everything should have been closed should've. you should have been sent home the next day uh, but we faithfully walk by faith every day did. we knew god was with us and he made the mayor to help us he made the police to help us uh, he opened the door in the school in the last moment, uh, and we ministered to so many families. I remember, you know, the youth uh, cutting wood, uh, painting, uh, cleaning houses, washing uh, dishes, clothes, yes. uh, helping so many people, uh, helping the poor, helping the elderly, helping the widow, helping the orphan. I mean, we did exactly what the Bible told us to do, and God uh, blessed us and helped us. Right. One of my most cherished moments was just standing with you in the hotel lobby in Budapest when we got them in the hotel. Remember, we brought in pizza for the students and we delivered yeah. all throughout the hotel. That was really special. And I was with you downstairs watching the Trump announcement and all these other, I think even some Americans just coming from all different parts of Europe were in this hotel trying to get a flight home. And we were all just kind of yeah. gathered like like insects around a light you know we were all just kind of gathered in for warmth and we were just watching this announcement looking around like instantly becoming friends with people because of the similar circumstance 
And I just look at you and I remember this is such a huge moment for our, our world. And we're like right in the middle of it all. And God's got us. Julian, I just want to say we're so happy that you allowed us to come there. You brought your team in. You basically treated us as, you treated us as Romanians. You just treated us as family. When you go to Romania, you don't make friends, you make family. Um, if you want to make friends, watch out. You're just going to go straight to family. So we hope that this is just the beginning. Man, um, Keith, I, I want to say this. It wasn't easy, but if I would have to do it again, I will do it again in a bit. Mm-hmm. I, will, I have no no regrets. Um, like I said in the beginning, I think our faith got stronger because we saw God's faithfulness. First of all, we saw God's faithfulness protecting us, guiding us, and using us to because that's what we wanted. We wanted to share the gospel with the community, and we did. Not just with the people within the community, but also with the authorities. Uh, like I said, with the mayor office, with the police, and uh, everybody else from that met us uh, while we cleaned the projects and the streets. You remember at the train station, oh, man, I cannot believe the kids were behind the bushes and everywhere trying to do such a great job cleaning. And yes, it's an act of worship. It is cleaning. It's an act of worship. Kids, if you use, if you get something from this podcast today, cleaning, it's an act of worship. <laughs> That's right. God has uh, used us uh, then uh, and he can use us today. Uh, to be uh, light for those around us. Julian, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Thank you also for having us on or being a special guest on Meets with Keats today. I'm going to, I'll share Always. the link with you when we're done. You can give it to your guys and gals. I'm so excited. Any final words for our crew here? Looking forward to see you back in Romania, all of you. Yes. And uh, please know we are praying for you. And uh, please be praying for us also. We love you guys. God bless you. Well, that's a wrap. That is Meets with Keats this week, a podcast designed to make a big church feel small by connecting you, the listeners, to our guests each week. We were so happy to have Julian with us. Thank you to him. If you would like to follow us on social media, we're on Instagram at dbstudents. We're on Facebook at Denton Bible Student Ministries. And we're on Twitter just as dbsm. This podcast is brought to you by Denton Bible Student Ministries. You can learn more and get connected at www.dbcstudents.org. This is Keith signing off saying, stay humble and keep the coffee coming. See you next time. When your bag explodes, you buy a new one. Oh, fresh, Peter. Look at that fresh bag. Oh. Let's go. (laughs)